All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. We'll be uh, catching you up on the games the Ducks played in the last couple weeks, and uh, we'll be looking at the games in the coming weeks as well. And uh, we got some injury news for you and some updates, some players being recalled that we're going to cover. And uh, first off, we want to bring in our guests from the uh, Section 328 podcast, uh, Mike and Derek. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here, guys. You know, first off, I just want to thank you guys. Uh, those of you out there that don't know, they helped us get uh, this up on iTunes, which I mightily struggled with. So I really appreciate you guys helping us with that. Uh, I got to say, yeah, I mean, for as many people that have a podcast on iTunes, uh, us idiots included, it is uh, shockingly hard at, at some points to get that damn thing loaded up. Yeah, it just it was not easy, but I really appreciate your guys' help. Yeah, the, the, the more hockey talk, the better, so... All right, well, let's get to it. I mean, uh, you know, this last game, uh, the Ducks and Carolina played. Uh, it looked like in the first period the Ducks carried the play. It was 0-0. And then the end of the second, you guys carried the play. It was 2-2. Two two. And uh, then the third period looked like you guys, you know, with the penalties and penalty shot, you got up 4-2. to two. I, I really thought you guys had us in this game. Well, you know, it, it's – if I, I went back and watched the highlights of, of the first period, and if – if it were not for what Anton Hudobin did, which was multiple five bell saves, uh, along with your boys ringing three or four off the, you know, off the pipes, it easily could have been four to two after two. Um, so, so, you know, we, we had great goaltending. You guys had a, a few bad bounces, but in, in the second period, the Canes, Canes do what they do, uh, which is come out slow traditionally on the West coast and uh, jump out and, Coach Peters, you know, gets gets up in their game, and uh, that's I guess it's a polite way of putting it, uh, and and really really kind of uh, jumps in the second period. So you know, it, what shocked me was the guys who you know were putting pucks back behind Frederick Anderson. You know, you had the meaty fourth line. You know, the the NHL sniper line of Jay McClement and Brad Malone just taking you guys to school, and that. <laughs> That's kind of what shocked me is, you know, how do you let McClement and Malone throw up? Both of them have multi-point games, I think, against y'all. Uh, Mike, actually, I got to jump in there. Um, shockingly, this season, more shameful than letting McClement and Malone score is letting Alex Simmons score. Oh, you are right, Derek. <laughs> yeah, and they were, they were uh, talking about that in the, in the game, too, how he had to score for at least 20 games, and he gets his second of the season. He's making you know upwards of $5 million per season uh, Seven. Uh, that would be seven. seven. Oh, yeah, is he still making seven since coming from the Caps, too? Wow, yeah. You know, he's a guy who definitely we're hoping to get more than two goals. I was surprised that he only had one going into the game, too. Yeah, and that was actually his second since, I think, what, Coolidge was in office? So uh, <laughs> it, it had been a while for seven. Well, not not only that, he had he had been riding uh, he he had been riding in in Coach Peters's doghouse. Simon, I believe, had seven consecutive games after coming back from a hurt wrist, hurt back, hurt feelings uh, of of being a healthy scratch in the playoffs. So uh, we we appreciate you guys, uh, you know, letting the enigmatic one get one by you because gosh, there is a there is a portion of Kaniac Nation who wants nothing more than to make more excuses for why Alexander Simon is the second coming even though he's a $7 million sniper with two goals, 50-some games of the season. <laughs> yeah, and you, you look at the guys on, on the score sheet, too, where you're talking about you know, letting the, the fourth line come out, and they've the, the uh, commenters in the game are talking about how they've been a spike this season, but, you know, McSamon with two goals on the season, he scores, McClement has two, uh, Jordan Stahl gets two, his second of the season, and, and Malone gets his fifth on on the power or on the penalty shot. So you look at the guys who were scoring that game where, you know, definitely when a, an Eric Stoller or Jeff Skinner, you know, Justin Falk guy, a guy who'd expect to be on the score sheet. Well, and, and that's the thing you, the guys you expect and Jeff, Jeff Skinner has, has been in just a horrible, horrible skid lately. Uh, and, and Eric was having not really a good season until Jordan come back. Since, since Eric's moved over to the wing and, and put Jordan at the center, uh, it doesn't matter what's the third guy you put with that line. That, that line's been producing and, and been a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Uh, kind of reminds us of, of a team on the West Coast that has a big center and a ginger-colored player uh, that's been scoring a whole lot as well. You guys might know him. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, you look at the the pieces you guys have in place too. You see, you know, Jeff Skinner is obviously having a a pretty bad season uh, for his standards, and 
You know, you guys, you got guys, uh, young pieces like Lindholm and, and Riley Nash and, and Justin Falk. Do, what do you really see going forward that, that you need to, to make it back to the playoffs? Uh, two more years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't say Jeff Skinner's having like a Danny Heatley bad season. Yeah. Uh, but, but this team, honestly, we have guys that can contribute to a top six, but we don't have a third line. Uh, we've got some guys now with Malone and, and McClement that can that can make a fourth line. But I'd say the bigger problem is we have a top pairing uh, defense between Falk and Sekera. And then it just falls off a cliff. Uh, we're, we're putting it together. We've we've got Hainsey and, and Lyles and Belmore and Murphy and Gleason. But there's no real second pairing defense there. Um, and even though we've been holding teams to a goal a game or two goals a game here and there I think this team needs more defense and we've drafted decent but it just we need more talent uh for lack of a a better way to put it and if you know for you guys on the west coast may not keep up with with the hurricanes uh draft picks Jim Rutherford did not like picking uh defensemen in the first round of the draft Hayden Flurry being picked in the first round of the draft uh, I think was the first defenseman we had picked first in the draft since we had picked Igor Nyazev back in 1999 maybe no no, no. Uh, we, we took we took murphy uh number oh, yeah. 12 okay yeah so so one one guy ryan murphy uh but but yeah he just he was of the belief that you pick up defensemen at 22 23 24 years old uh that that you just don't waste picks on them and, and if you look at our organizational depth we we have literally no organizational depth you, there's also a couple of years where you, you know you're you're looking at bad first round draft picks you look at zach dalpy who's now bubbling around the AHL somewhere. Uh, guys like Zach Boychuk, who uh, not only are uh, played on, I think, now four NHL teams, but is a current healthy scratch for our AHL affiliate. Uh, we've just had a lot of misses in the first round. So it, it's going to take Ron Francis and Bill Peters a, a solid two to three seasons of, of building up some uh, building up some talent in this organization. And the other part is we're in a little bit of salary cap hell, uh, you know, with, with Alex Simon and John Michael Lyle sitting in the press box for multiple games, that's 11 million bucks sitting in the press box for a team that doesn't like to spend to the cap. Uh, and, and then if you look at when Simon stall, and when Simon, Eric, and Jordan uh, were on the ice together, that's about a $22 million line backed up by an $8.5 million goaltender in Cam Ward that's been spending half of his time on the bench. So Cam Ward in the first line is $30 million bucks for a small market team. Uh, and, and, you know, both of the two of those four are scratches more nights than not. Yeah. And, and you know, when you're looking at the draft and you're seeing where you guys are in the standings and, uh, you know, obviously Buffalo and, and Edmonton have pretty much locked up uh, at least the, the best chance for the first two picks. Do you just see if you guys win at a win in the lottery, would you, you know, obviously McDavid's hard to pass up on, but with you guys needing defenses, is Hannafin really the, the number one target? Or if, you know, an Eichel no. or McDavid is available, you, you know, you don't pass up on a guy like McDavid. I don't think there's any way you could pass up yeah. on Eichel or McDavid. Uh, Hannafin, I think, you know, if you look back to this most recent year's draft where Ekblad went number one, Hannafin would go number one that year, possibly. Uh, but but a guy who's a difference maker, like everybody talks about McDavid or Eichel, I think you'd be a damn fool to pass up on both of them. Um, I think, Mike, you might jump in here and uh, kind of reaffirm this, but picking number two might be the better spot in that you can't make a mistake there. Yeah. Uh, un- unless, of course, the unless, of course, Jack Eichel turns out to be, you know, Ryan Leaf. But yeah, I mean, it, it's the, the 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 first the first pick is just the, you know, no, no one's passing up on McDavid. If, if you guys haven't watched, gone and watched his clips, it, oh, yeah. it is just things of beauty. Uh, I, and I really enjoy Eichel's game. Uh, I, Eichel's Eichel's more Jonathan Taze and, and McDavid is more Jesus. Uh, but, but, but it's just, uh, you know, Hannafin's good, but Hannafin, you know, it's debatable whether Hannafin is even Ekblad good, and is he going to be able to come in and make that first year impact? Um, first year impact where you, where you don't want to be picking is four. Yeah, you know, and, and right now, right now, that's the spot we sit in. So, God, please come to Carolina and take two points from us. Yeah, and, <laughs> and arguably, you want to see Lindholm eventually move in into the center spot. 
Um, you know, later down in his career, obviously he's a rookie right now, so he's playing on the wing. But you know, if you see Eichel or McDavid come to Carolina, does that does that spell the end for one of the centers there? And you keep uh, Stall on the wing with his with uh, Jordan in the middle, and you know, eventually push uh, Lindholm into the center with uh, Eichel and McDavid coming in as well. Well, I, I think I think based upon what we've heard from Ron Francis and Bill Peters, that uh, Eric Stahl for the duration of his tenure here in Carolina is going to be a wing. He is currently thirty years old, but he is a very old thirty. Uh, he he hasn't missed a lot of games. He he had you know a couple of a couple of really good Ironman streaks, but he um, he, he hasn't missed a lot of hockey, and he, he, there's a lot of wear and tear. Yeah, if if with Eric Stahl going to be on the wing and and everything, do you guys see a little bit of improvement next season? Obviously, you know if some guys pick it up uh, with Skinner, hopefully having a better season, and you know, Lindholm having another season his belt, Falk having a, a, another good season too. You, you, where do you guys realistically see yourselves next season? Uh, you know, in the bottom, fighting for a playoff spot, you know, picking up that last eighth spot, or I would say a lot of it depends on what moves happen prior to the deadline or at the deadline and then at the draft this year. Uh, you know, it, there's been a lot of talk this week about Andre Sekera is not having negotiations take place with the team. And Mike and I have talked on several podcasts that, you know, the, he's gone for the rest of the year. So it's just a matter of what do we get back for him? Um, Yuri Toulouse is probably going to go. What do we get back for him? Are they picks that could possibly turn into something to build the system are they players that could possibly fill in a third line next year or a second defensive pairing? What sort of things are we going to get back? I think I think those will play a key for next year, but I think it most of the players are buying in pretty well to Bill Peters' system. And I think I, I, I truly think this year is the lowest point in the next three to four for this team, barring some sort of horrible injury or just, you know, napalm hitting the front office. And uh, we know on the they come up on the twelfth. We got a game again against you guys. Uh, I'm kind of hoping it's not going to be as close as last time, but you never know. Uh, with uh, Anderson going down, we might have to start Bizgalov, which is uh, been a pretty bad every start he's had this season. Hopefully, we well, can why this. why you have to be mad? <laughs> it's only hockey. It's uh, just a I game. Know. Uh, yeah. And, and by the way, since, since we have some Ducks guys on the podcast here, uh, we want to give a, a hearty middle finger to Frederick Anderson's agent. Uh, yeah, you guys were the original ones to draft him, weren't you? And then uh, we, we were. And uh, he said, you know, this was not a place that that Frederick Anderson could succeed and this, that, the other thing. So uh, so thanks. <laughs> well, you had to, uh, to, to be fair, at the time, Cam Ward was a pretty elite goaltender in the NHL. What what three weeks was that? <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, and then Anderson obviously comes here. But you know, realistically, this week, do you, do you see it being another tight game? Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised with though you guys are on a what two game winning streak right now, starting to play some better hockey with uh, Stall being on the wing. So, I think it's going to be a, a a better game coming up this week. I think it's going to be interesting because we've got a we've got a nice little three day break here. Uh, we had Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy went down on the West Coast road trip, and uh, sounds like he could be gone for not a matter of games, but for a matter of weeks. Uh, and if it's a young, young guy with with nothing to gain on the season, they they may be shutting him down. Uh, and, and this may be you know I think everyone's kind of waiting for the first trade to fall, and. Uh, you look at a solid four-day break for a team like ours, uh, and, and this could be that opportunity to to potentially make a couple of moves. So, if this team is uh, as they sit currently today, uh, there is no reason on God's green earth that we should be able to hang with Getzlav, Perry, Kessler, Lindholm, Devonte Pelly. What can we trade? Let me like, okay, let, let's go ahead. What can we trade you guys for Devonte Pelly Smith? Right now, Cam Ward, Devonte Pelly Smith. You want it? Let's trade. Let's trade <laughs> I don't know. You know. What can we do? If Cam Ward's <laughs> going to be a probably a little bit better back uh, backup than Bizgala, but you know, really looking at the team, you know, maybe a defenseman. That's it. But you know, Devonte Smith Pelly is he's not going to fetch much for for what the, the Ducks would be looking for right now. But you know, with the with the trade deadline coming up. There's a lot of rumors around, obviously, Vander Kane for the Ducks, Tyler Myers, uh, Fowler, Franz, and Bolesky. What about you guys? I haven't heard uh, much rumors coming for you. What are you What are you looking to add realistically at the deadline? Uh, we're, <laughs> we're looking to add some uh, some hopes, some dreams, <laughs> maybe a bottle of Jaeger. Uh, draft picks. Sec- and all of the draft Edmonton's first round pick, Buffalo's first round pick. Those two. 
Now, uh, we've seen the rumors about you guys in the Evander Kane sweepstakes and the Tyler Myers sweepstakes. And can like at what point will the Ducks have enough size? I mean, like, are you trying to monopolize everybody that's over 6'3 and 210? Uh, can, can you share that around the league? That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think that's the deal, though. I mean, you know, for us, if we go back to 2007, we won with, you know, Pronger on the team. And that, that's what a lot of the fan base is asking Eddie and I is that, hey, you know, we need to get a six foot monster at the blue line. And that's just what our fan base keeps focusing on. Why? I don't know. But that's just they think that's going to solve everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you need somebody who doesn't need a job anymore at the paper, you can get Chris Pronger back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, if you're talking, you know, if you're looking around at cheap options, uh, you know, a guy who's had a guy who's on a, a one year contract with us and has had a, uh, you know, fairly decent season for a guy who was abjectly horrible last year. Uh, Tim Gleason's a guy who will come out. He'll lay the body. He's got a lot of playoff experience uh, and. and Again, just has been a, a solid player for the for the Canes. Uh, he he'd be the type of guy where you know you're not going to slot him into a a top four role by any means, but a guy who'd be great in the locker room, uh, decent on the penalty kill, and and can roll out you know eleven twelve minutes a night on that third pairing, and uh, you know gritty playoff some of your veteran. Eyes. Yeah, gritty playoff veteran, uh, <laughs> and he he could be yours for a third round draft pick if right. <laughs> so a lot of the guys we've picked up lately have been those types of guys. And Stoner in the in the offseason. We still have Fistrix, uh picked up Eric Brewer for a third round draft pick too from, from Tampa Bay. So I, I think a lot of fans are looking at the Tyler Myers is, you know, obviously he's a little taller than Pronger at six eight, but one of those guys to come in. But you know, he he's with Buffalo, so you can't really look at him and be like and judge his place so far. But bringing in a guy like that is it's really what the fans I think are looking for. Well yeah, the, the, I, I would I would caution you that Tyler Myers in sixth state introductionally plays somewhere around five foot eleven and a half. Yeah. He's good on the power play. He's got a nice big shot. Uh, but he is, you know, as much as we hate Chris Pronger in Carolina and and we're thoroughly excited to beat him for a Stanley Cup in 2006 that he and his wife I'm sure went home and cried over uh you know I am just you know Tyler Myers if your fans are looking for that dude newsflash he's not that dude yeah he is uh he's he's a soft six seven yeah he he is a rangier Hal Gill yeah, and and with, oh, with the prices that have been quoted out to, a lot of people are, you know, Cam Fowler's name has been mentioned around in, in anywhere, any trades going back with Myers, and uh, a lot of people seem to be okay with that. I know me and Mike are pretty much laughed at that when I, when I came up in in uh, some reports the other day. No, you, you don't want to get rid of Cam Fowler for Tyler Myers. Um, Hell no. Uh, my, Mike mentioned that you guys might want Tim Gleason, and, and I will throw out a trade target. If you if you have yet another third to fourth round pick you're willing to part with, uh, we have a tremendous penalty killer, uh, really fast, uh, gritty third to fourth line guy, doesn't really have any hands, but surprisingly can score well on a breakaway, Patrick Dwyer. Uh, so if you're in the market, go ahead and pass that on, and uh, we'll, we'll be happy to make a deal. <laughs> Not a lot of folks know Canes are currently, I think, third second or third in the nhl or in penalty kill we've killed something ridiculous what was the last number derek like 48 out of 49 49 out of 50 uh it, penalties it's pretty nuts yeah uh we're actually second behind chicago 87.2 on the kill yeah you guys are awesome with the penalty kill which is weird yeah well <laughs> you look at the ducks too though uh, the last two seasons i believe last season two were around the middle of the pack and in, in both the special teams and and something that we've looked to improve on in the playoffs too, and we've got the pieces with with at least for the power play with obviously Getzloff, Perry, Kessler, Lindholm, Votnin, Fowler, and just can't seem to get it to work. And then on the penalty kill, it's it's pretty much the same story. But it, it's kind of interesting to see and weird to see a team that consider the top of the NHL and then sit middle of the pack with with all the special teams. And it's, it's something that we can't really see to wrap our head around. Well, particularly with the talent that you've got. I mean, there is no reason for I mean, we we have a saying here in Carolina, put somebody in front of the net and good (laughs) things happen. If I had Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry, and and Ryan and and Kessler, if I didn't have 600 pounds of Canadian uh, slash American in front of the net on every power play, 
as Boost Boudreaux, I would be losing my flipping mind. That's Why there is not two guys in front of the net every on every power play befuddles me uh, w- with the Ducks. That that's exactly what Eddie and I have talked about. Every time we talk about the power play woes, we're like, what is with all this fancy? passes and playing around the perimeter get one or two guys in front of the net and just screen the hell out of the other team's goalie so if you need uh google dave andrichuk see if he's available to run a workshop on a saturday afternoon uh, <laughs> somebody's got to <laughs> teach bujo not to run the one three one anymore on the power play it's it's not working exactly. put maroon oh, in front man. of the net well yeah. it, it, the one three one's great the problem is you don't have alex ovechkin on the yeah. left wing mm-hmm. You could probably put a guy like Perry there. We haven't tried it out, though. But every time Ovi seems to score a goal, it's it's a one-timer uh, from the circle on a power play. So it's the type of guy yeah, you but, need. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know if you have a coach who knows how that kind of thing. Wait a minute. Yeah, I yeah, know. A guy maybe coached Alex Ovechkin for a couple seasons. I, I don't think we have a guy like that. Good God. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, I'm hoping uh, the game on coming up on the 12th is going to be a little bit better. Well, a little bit better game for us. It was a little intense last time, but you know, obviously. we hope th- we hope the same thing for you guys. <laughs> well, yeah, because you guys want to get a, a lower pick. But yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll hope to talk to you guys soon. Thanks, boys. Good luck in the playoffs. Cool. Thanks for having us. All right, thanks to uh, Mike and Derek for coming on the show. Uh, if you want to follow them, they're on Twitter at uh, section underscore 328. Uh, catch all the Canes action, or you know, if you want to listen to just any hockey talk, uh, especially uh, East Coast-related, uh, follow them. And uh, speaking of the East Coast, Eddie, we uh, had the Ducks go to uh, Nashville for a big game uh, after the Carolina game. And uh, this is really a tale of, uh, you know, two types of Ducks teams in this game. I mean, we started out strong and finished poorly, and uh, we ended up coming up with the 5-2 uh, to two, uh, win against uh, Pecorini back uh, after injury. Well, yeah, isn't, isn't the season uh, the tale of two Ducks teams, really, um, or the tale of two periods, really? That's I, I think that's probably the best way to describe it. Uh, you know, the Ducks can seem to play 40 minutes in most games and then fall apart in one period, first, second, third, take your pick. And in this one, it was the third, and it's probably the worst period that the Ducks have played all season, getting outshot 24-2. to And if Anderson wasn't in that uh, on his game to, uh, that night, then the Ducks would have could have easily blown that 4 nothing lead and, and lost this game. And, you know, luckily they... they secured that cushion Nashville fought back and had a lot of chances to score and uh, thanks to Freddie we were able to stay in it obviously uh, Silverberg picking up the shorty and Vaughn picking up one picking us up two nothing and then Bolesky and Silverberg picking up uh, two more goals in the second um, and then obviously the third period rolls around and uh, all hell breaks loose and Colin Wilson and James Neal score and but uh, Freddie keeps us in it and Perry ends up getting empty nut and we went 5-2 but a lot closer than it should have been that's for sure yeah, I mean, you know, we the news came out, uh, you know, last minute we didn't have uh, Ryan Getzloff for this game, and uh, we still didn't know what would happen. We just knew it was a, a lower body injury, so that was, you know, uh, not good news to start off, especially going against Nashville. And then, you know, we come out, and uh, Silverberg picked up the play big time with an awesome uh, shorthanded goal and then followed it up in the second period. Uh, he even almost had a hat trick uh, on one or two occasions later on in the game, Eddie. Yeah, and, and that's what you want to see when a guy like Gatslav goes out of the team. And we saw, obviously, when uh, when Perry was out of the team, Gatslav was the guy to pick it up, and obviously Bolesky and, and other guys. And we see Bolesky score here and Silverberg pot too, so that's good. And, and you know, all in all, this is a big, a big game. You know, even though... The, the third period was bad. You, we still got both uh, two points, uh, picked up a, t- a win, and uh, against a team who was right behind us in the standings, for, uh, put us first in NHL at the time. Obviously, now with uh, the recent uh, two games that we've played, uh, it's put us behind Nashville. But you know, uh, it was a big win against a good team, and and it's with uh, you know an MVP candidate and Pekarin in that uh, we're able to put four goals past them. Uh, you know, uh, it's a pretty good night. Yeah, I mean, and this is a team, you know, that is one, if the Ducks get past the first and second round, uh, you know, they could end up facing Nashville in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and, um, you know, with Rene maybe a little bit less rusty, obviously, that was his first game back. And with Getzlaff in the lineup, it'll be a whole different situation, but it's going to be a tough team. You know, any any matchup in the West, I think, is going to be a tough team. You know, even Calgary, Vancouver, Winnipeg, those, those are still going to be tough teams to play and. 
you know, uh, you know, any any game in the NHL isn't an easy win. So we'll um, we'll have to see come playoff time. But yeah, Nashville is definitely a, a possible second round opponent, uh, maybe an even a Western Conference final opponent, uh, depending on how everything works out. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be one to watch definitely down the stretch, like you said, especially when uh, Rene gets rid of the rust. Um, you know, and then the Ducks, after coming off this big win, had back-to-back. They had to go to Washington and play the Capitals. Uh, and again, you know, we, we went in a game and uh, Getzloff couldn't play again. And uh, kind of the same situation, We, you know, the tale of two periods. I mean, that's kind of what's been going on, uh, you know, lately uh, and most of the season. But um, we... Uh, you know, ended up getting tied 1-1 after, you know, two periods. And it looked like things were okay. And then it seemed like the beginning of the third, we kind of fell into that same mode, Eddie, where the Ducks were really getting hemmed in, playing a lot of defense. You know, we got outshot again in the third, uh, 13-6. to uh, Luckily, Perry pulled off a, you know, a redirect uh, goal to uh, send us to overtime. Yeah, and, you know, the first the first period looked really good. Uh, Kessler ends up picking on the power play, uh the Caps played some good defense, but the, the, the Ducks looked the stronger team. And then we move into the second period, and uh, we kind of come out kind of sloppy. Chimera obviously picks up a goal. Play picked up a bit, but it was a it was an overall not that good of a period. And third period obviously kind of turned out the same way. So, um, and Perry kind of uh, he saves the day with a tip in, and then you know our, our shootout hero wasn't re- was he scored a goal, but uh, nobody else could score, and Kuznetsov and Backstrom ended up winning the game for. Uh, for the Caps, um, you know it's not it's not as bad. We still pick up a point against a, a pretty good Capitals team, and keeping Ovechkin off off the score sheet was was probably a main goal of the game. But uh, still, losing the game is not good, and uh, getting a shot again, you know, putting a uh, you know, Briz uh, Briz obviously getting the start. He wasn't too bad. Uh, he stopped 32 of 34 shots. So you know we can't really blame Briz Gallo this game. That was his best game of the season, probably his only good game of the season, uh, which is something we're going to need now, especially with um, with Anderson being day-to-day, and, and you know, we'll talk later about Gibson being recalled as well. Um, but, you know, disappointing not to get um, uh, the win, but, you know, and hopefully with the game coming up uh, against them this week, uh, we'll, we'll, or next week, we'll have a win against them. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit frustrating. I mean, I was happy the way Brisgoloff played because, you know, a lot of people are, are fed up with uh, Brisgoloff. And, you know, I understand. I get it. You know, he's not played well. Uh, let's be honest. He's only, you know, played well in, in two games. And one of them was really because the Ducks defense stepped up uh, back, uh, you know, against New Jersey. And then this one, he, he played much better. Uh, I think a lot of fans are still okay with the point. You know, no Getzloff again, back-to-back games. So we got three out of four. So I think that that was not you know not bad uh, going into this road trip, but then uh, you know we we go to Tampa and another top team uh, in the East this time that we're playing, and man the, you know, the first period we just laid an egg. I'm sorry, I mean we gave up three goals. Anderson was in net. Getzloff played in this game, uh, but you can't really fault anderson uh it's just the team defense in that first period was atrocious eddie yeah and this is one of the worst games defensively i've seen the ducks play all season uh the first goal uh victor hedman splits jackman and maroon and then he walks around stoner who proceeds to lay on the ice and and not really do anything and then hedman cuts back out front and lays off a pass for brian boyle who scores and then the Phil Peeler goal is not much better either. Uh, Brewer has a chance to clear the puck in front of the net. Doesn't do it, and puck lands at Phil Peeler right in front of the net, and he's got an easy goal. And, and both of those you can't put on Anderson either. Um, and then for the third goal in that period as well, uh, Kutrov sneaks in behind Fowler, who gets burned, and he has uh, an easy tap-in on the far post against Anderson. So, you know, three bad plays by our defense, and you're down 3 nothing in, in the first period. And, no, couldn't obviously couldn't recover from there. Getzlaff gets a, a lucky bounce in the second period, um, and then the bad luck continues with uh, Brian Boyle getting a scramble in front of the net, him potting a goal, and and then Ryan Callahan obviously finishing off the the Tampa's night for scoring in the third period. A little bit of fight back eventually, uh, a better you know better second, even though you know Tampa still scored, um, and then obviously a lot better third period, out shooting them twelve to four um, and picking up two two goals, but Ryan Callahan still scoring on a two-on-one 
So uh, we're going to have to play a lot better than that. And, you know, defensively, we've talked about it all season where everybody's looking for that pronger type of guy. Uh, you know, do, do we need to make a trade? Do we not? Um, at times, it hasn't seemed like we had to. But after this game, you know, it, it, the question uh, rears its head again. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, we got burned uh, badly, not once or twice, but, you know, three or four times in this game. Um, you know, and to add insult to injury, you know, Anderson gets hurt. Uh, you know, we have that play where uh, Lindholm crashes into the net, the net uh, that goes forward, the crossbar hits uh, Frederick Anderson in the back of the head. He gets knocked down. He's not knocked out, but he's obviously dazed as Brzezgalov comes in. And then we get, you know, the word the next day that, that he's fine. And then... The big news comes out uh, from Kevin Weeks, you know, from the NHL uh, network that uh, Gibson's been recalled. So now we're going to have to see. I, you know, I haven't uh, gotten an official word, but what I've heard is that uh, Anderson suffered some type of concussion from what happened, Eddie. Yeah, and, and from what I've heard, too, um, after that game, that him and Lindholm are, are day-to-day, and obviously today with uh, – with my um, uh, Gibson being recalled, um, uh, you know, according to, to TSN's website, at least it says uh, Anderson is day to day with an upper body injury, which could be a concussion, and, and Lindholm's day to day with a lower body injury. So, you know, we're hoping to see those guys come back. Uh, obviously, Anderson's really important to the team, and so is Lindholm, uh, especially with how bad the defense has played um, so far. So, hope we're getting those guys back. Hopefully, for the game against Florida, if not for the game against Carolina, will be important. Um, with Gibson being called up, it's a little bit of a worry um, because, uh, you know, with Anderson's probably not going to play this next game uh, as per, for a precaution. So, um, but, you know, get, seeing Gibson get a, get a start is going to be good. Obviously, a lot of people wanted to see that with how bad Briscalis played uh, lately. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure everybody hopes uh, Anderson will be back as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, definitely, and I, I think you're right. I mean, we'll talk about the previews and, and what's coming up in the next uh, week here. Um, but, yeah, I would think uh, Gibson may be the one that um, plays maybe one or two of these games. Um, you know, one good note that did come out of that uh, Tampa Bay loss was, uh, you know, Ryan Getzloff got his 200th goal, Eddie. Um, even, you know, it, they had to review it. It took him a while, obviously, to figure out it went off the Tampa defender's foot. But, uh, you know, that's a good milestone for Getzloff, and I, I'm sure he – doesn't really care as far as I mean he cares about getting the 200 uh, goal, but I'm sure he rather gotten the win. But still a big thing for Getzloff. Oh yeah, and I'm sure um, after the game when he was asked about it, he said he'd rather get the win too. But you know when he reflects on it, he's gonna you know it's it's a, it's a big achievement, and, and it's a guy who's been you know not obviously he's not been a goal scorer for us, but he's almost a point per game player in his career, and uh, a big milestone for him, and you know a big congratulations from everybody, uh, all the Ducks fans, I'm sure. Yeah, now we you know look forward uh, to the the coming games, and you know the Ducks got to regroup basically because we're going to be playing Florida, and uh, like we said, we don't we don't know the exact status you know on um, Anderson and Lindholm, and uh, you know I wouldn't be surprised if Gibson uh, probably starts this game uh, against uh, Florida, Eddie. Yeah, and and this isn't you know Florida like last year where you would joke about playing Florida. This is a team who is um, in ninth place in the Eastern Conference, fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, we got a good goaltender this season in Luongo, uh, some solid you know, uh, improvement from their, their key young players, Barkov and Huberdeau and uh, Bukestad, Peary, Ekblad, you can name off a, a bunch of them. It's a pretty young team, and you know th- th- it's going to be a hard team to come against. They're pretty quick, uh, can be physical, so... Uh, with hoping having everybody healthy and if Gibson's going to play that game, he has to have a strong game too. Uh, this, this isn't going to be easy. This isn't, you know, the Florida of last year. So it's going to be a tough game and, and you don't want to lose two in a row again for you know, the second time in a couple of weeks. You want to get a win here and string a couple together and get back first in the, in the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, you know, if Hampus is out and uh, Brewer and Stoner both play, I mean, they're really going to have to pick up the game because the the way the defense has gone for both of those two and their passing, it's not cutting it out. And I mean, I, I don't really want to see the Ducks have to play both those guys. I You know, at this point, I'm, I'm kind of like, just bring up Fistrick and put him in for this game. I, I really, I just don't have a lot of confidence in those two guys, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, I would like to see that too. Um it was one really bad game, obviously the Tampa Bay game, right. and it's not like they've been 
amazing all season. You know, Stonis had his moments. Brewer has been okay. Uh, he, he had a, a pretty decent game when he came back from injury. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, if they're going to play this game, I love, we're, we're going to have to see improvement. And I'm sure if we don't if we don't see any and, and management doesn't see any, uh, one of them's going to get, you know, sent, uh, benched, and, and, and Fisher will be, will be uh, called up. And you got to remember too, after the trade deadline, the the roster limit um, is unlimited basically. So Fishrick might be a guy who gets called up and and just gets healthy scratched every night, or um, and called in on nights when the Ducks need him, when other guys aren't stepping up. So we'll see guys like Fishrick and Edom and you know, other guys get called up and, and probably playing more often than they are now. Yeah, that's a good point that you bring up, Eddie. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that when we uh, talk about the uh, the trade rumors and whatnot's been going out. Um, with the Ducks right now. Um, and then, you know, after Florida, we got Carolina again. Uh, and, you know, as, as you guys saw from, uh, you know, last week, uh, you know, the guys uh, from Section 328 joke about losing and, you know, going for draft picks and stuff. But uh, they, they're they no joke. I mean, they just beat uh, Arizona and they beat uh, San Jose. Uh, they also beat Tampa Bay, you know, a little while ago too. I mean, they haven't been losing that many games lately, Eddie. No, and, and you know they're they're six two and two in their last ten, which is a lot better than than most of the other teams down in the bottom part of the standings. And you know they they are a pretty good team. They they have some offense and they've got star players and and Stahl and, and Skinner who can be a star a, a star player and you know, hasn't been that great this season. And you know some young guys in Lindholm and and Justin Falk who you know had has had a great season this far, made the All Star team, but. You know they they just got to get those pieces. Obviously, the, you know you you heard Mike and Derek talk about how they need a, you know, a, a, to add to their defense and, and and get a third line. But you know they're not that bad of a team. And Cam Ward uh, obviously hasn't been the same, you know, since they won won the cup and a couple years after. So, well, you know, the, and Kudu Open can have his night too. But it it really should be a game that we we should be winning and. You know, hopefully for them, uh, they want the loss, we want the win, so hopefully it, it works out for both of us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the way that, uh, you know, that we hope it goes for both sides of, uh, you know, this game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, only, it's, it's only be a couple games this week, and then uh, we'll, we'll preview uh, our next podcast, uh, you know, Washington coming to town, and, uh, you know, I'll be at that game, obviously, and we'll, we'll talk more about it on the uh the next podcast. Um, what about the trade rumor news that's been going on? You know, people have been just basically going crazy on social media uh, about Tyler Myers and Franz and, and, you know, Kane and all these people. Uh, what, what do you got going on uh, as far as what have you been hearing, Eddie? Uh, I've been hearing a lot lately, more than, uh, more than normal, really. Uh, you know, Pulaski's name has been mentioned around. Uh, uh, Franz and has been a big rumor for the Ducks. Uh, uh, Kane, uh, which is kind of, died down now since that he's um he's on the IR for for surgery uh, I believe shoulder surgery he's going to be out for 4 to 6 months so um there there are rumors that he still might get moved but it'll be more more than likely to a team like Ottawa or you know Arizona somebody who needs a forward who's out of the picture um because Winnipeg will be looking to add pieces that can help them and and obviously Kane is, is a guy who can't help them at all now since he's out for 4 to 6 months so uh, the, don't look for the Ducks to be in for Kane anymore. Uh, Myers is a big name that just came out, and uh, I don't, I don't know how I feel too much about Myers. Uh, that seems to be the most likely rumor, along with Franzen, and you know, with Myers, with with Fowler and other players rumored to go the other way. I, I really don't see a whole lot of potential in, in Tyler Myers. You know, like uh, he's obviously a you know, young player, so and he's playing in a bad team. Um, and and but the Sabers are going to be looking for top dollar for him, and they're they're going to be looking for as much as they can get, because they're they're not in a spot where they need to sell. He's a young defenseman, you know. They they see him as a cornerstone of their franchise. So if he gets moved, I'd be surprised. But I really don't think the Ducks need to go for him. We heard Mike and Derek talk about how he's a a six eight guy who plays like a five eleven player, and you know you see that he doesn't have a huge physical aspect to his game. You know he has a hard shot, but he does he doesn't play. Um, you know that that imposing style that you see from a guy like Chara, and uh, you know we we need a big defensive defenseman, some guy who you know, he's gonna log in those penalty killing minutes, who's gonna be a big presence, uh, who can chip in a couple goals on the power play, and you know that that's something I I don't see him bringing. I definitely see Cam Fowler being worth more uh, than Tyler Myers. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, if, if you looked on my Twitter, I put out some funny photos uh, about all the trade rumors and whatnot. And, you know, because I'm just kind of like, you know, we need to relax everybody. You know, I don't, you know, I'm not happy, obviously, with the way uh, Brewer and Stoner played, especially in that Tampa Bay game. But like I said, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a game. Um, and we talked about, you know, just one game. I just, I think going forward, uh, we can't have both of them out there too many times, you know, and I, and I don't know if there's anything going on with Lovejoy because Lovejoy hasn't played in two of the last three games. So I'm not sure if there's something going on with him. Uh, I haven't heard anything about that either. Um, you know, just like with Getzloff, they said that he had that lower body injury that had kind of been nagging him before and then gotten worse because, you know, they, they don't tell us everything and they obviously categorize everything as upper or lower body, which, you know, can mean whatever unless you, we actually see the play um for what happens so i you know i'm I'm not big on franzen or myers i I mean not for the prices they're asking at least eddie yeah i think if we're gonna look to a defenseman uh for a defenseman we we should look to a team like arizona uh they've got you know yandel is a rumor to be on the market mccallick's rumor to be on the market uh you know, their, their GM recently came out and said nobody's untouchable, but I, I find it hard to believe that Oliver Ackman Larson is uh, – I'm sorry, nobody – yeah, nobody's untouchable. I, I, I find it hard to believe that Ackman Larson is untouchable. I feel like, you know, he's an all-star defenseman this season. He's a guy they're going to want to keep around. I would love a guy like Ackman Larson on the team, but he would cost a, a lot to bring over. Uh, Yandel's a realistic option. Um, but is he, too, you know, another offensive defenseman? To you know, is he going to be able to play the defense that we need? Um, I still think he'd be a, a definitely an upgrade on on Brewer and Stoner and even Lovejoy and some of the other guys we've got in there. And even McCallick would be a, a a good option. So if we're going to look anywhere, I think we should look there. And you know, they're looking for offense. A guy like Edom, you know, dangle him in front of them as much as I I want to see. I want to give Edom more of a chance. Uh, you know, his chances are running out, and maybe. You know, he'd be a good piece to, to send back the other way. Yeah, I mean, that is the question. You know, a lot of people are asking who, if we do trade, who do we send? And I think Edom is up there, um, you know, and then obviously probably uh, some type of draft pick. Hope You know, I wouldn't want to do a first rounder, but you never know. It might be a second or third rounder or something like that. You know, it's going to be uh, some kind of a package deal if the Ducks do make a move, Eddie. Yeah, and then obviously that's why Bileski's been rumored because we have to sign him, and um, it's it's do the Ducks want to pay what he's gonna he's gonna want? And you know, with already 20 goals this season, uh, if he gets if he gets anywhere close to 30, he he has uh, you know his agent is gonna want to get him as much money as possible, and it's it's do we pay the maybe f- upwards of four million dollars that he's gonna ask for? You know, I, I can't say for sure that's how much he's gonna ask for, but you know. The, the Ducks will obviously look at his past seasons and say he hasn't done this every season, but he's done it this season, and he'll he'll say he can do it more. And you know, do do we pay the money for Bolesky to keep him, or, or do we move him out before the deadline, or because you, know, you won't we'll move him out of the draft, which will be a lot harder, or, or re-sign him? Just it, it's going to be a tough situation with guys that we're going to have to to sign soon. A lot of RFA's coming up, so. Uh, Bolesky's future is definitely a, a big thing to watch for uh, before the deadline's over. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, you know, for those of you that don't know, the deadline's coming up on March 2nd. So, you know, we have, you know, just under a month to go. And I, I really can't wait till we get past that time because, frankly, I'm just I, – I don't care about the rumors anymore, Eddie. I'm, I'm just like, let's just keep doing what we got to do. And if there's something that we can get on defense for a good deal, I'm down. But please don't sell the farm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, some pieces, like I said, there's not, not many pieces that are available. And a lot of people have been saying the Ducks should pick up some more draft picks where they can for some of the fringe players that we have. Um, you know, obviously, giving up a third-round pick for Brewer and, and, and how the Ducks are built is, is by drafting and, uh, you know, having a fair amount of draft picks and drafting well and, and adding to the farm and keeping it stock so you can bring up players to the system. And, uh, you know, obviously I think adding on you know, maybe another third-round pick, uh, you know, fourth for getting our third back uh, would be a, a good option as well if we're not going to pick up a defenseman. So, you know, th- those are things they can explore. And uh, But I don't see I don't see them doing much on the deadline, if anything. Yeah, I agree with you, Eddie. I, I, I don't see them uh, doing too much either. Um, 
you know, and then uh, going forward, uh, you know, injury news-wise, I mean, we kind of covered everything. We got uh, Anderson out right now, day-to-day. Uh, Gibson recalled. Uh, Lindholm's also day-to-day, a lower body injury. And just the other one that I threw out there that I, I'm, I'm thinking something's going on, but I don't know. Lovejoy, he's been, you know, out the last two out of three games, so I, I don't know if he's either sick or got an injury or something going on. But uh, I think those are the only uh, injury news updates I got, Eddie. Yeah, that's pretty much all that's been going on. Uh, other than that, uh, we're still waiting the, you know, the confirmation for uh, the new AHL team if it's going to be the San Diego Goals or not. We know the junior team that had the name has, has been changed to the San Diego Sabres, so it's opened the door for the team to be called the Goals. Uh, do you really do you want them to be called the Goals and, and keep the history, or do you see any uh, maybe a name change coming in? No, I mean, uh, we, we put out a little post on there, uh, and some of our AHL sources are saying that it's going to be the San Diego Gulls. Um, obviously, with the junior team, as you mentioned, changing the name, which I don't want people to get confused because there's a junior San Diego Gulls team that's switching to the Sabres next year. So that's why if you go out there and Google, and you see Gulls already, you're like, well, there already is a Gulls. There is, but it's a, it's a junior uh, minor league team, not not a, you know an AHL-type team. So a couple of the sources are saying that that's the name. I know the official name will be, you know, unveiled on the 22nd at the uh, the Hockey Fest that they're going to have down in San Diego. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the name, Eddie. Um, you know, the goals have been in San Diego uh, going back to the 60s. Uh, obviously, they left for a short time, and then they were back uh, in the mid-'90s all the way up till 2006. And it seems like the reaction from everybody is they're, they're pretty happy about that name. Um, some people mentioned variations like seagulls instead of gulls, uh, you know, something like that, or, or some other, you know, bird type thing. Uh, some people uh, are irritated too and, and told me that it should be the admirals, but uh, the problem is my AHL source in Norfolk told me that they're getting another team and they're keeping the name admirals. So that's why everything points towards the goals as being the name. Yeah, and you know, uh, starting next season, obviously, is when they're going to be part of uh, an AHL team, and obviously, we're going to cover them a bit more because they're closer to at least where you are, and you know, they're now owned by the Anaheim Ducks, so it's a little bit more. Um, it's just it's a little. It feels a little bit more appropriate to to uh, to talk about them, and obviously, with all the rookies moving over there, and and, and it being a lot closer, we'll. Uh, Try to have some people on who can who can cover this. Any people in San Diego who can cover those games more closely. You know, Ducks fans and and obviously Gulls fans, which will be uh, definitely a, a huge improvement uh, on the AHL system and being able to call the guys up before uh, you know before uh, easier before a game. Oh, definitely, especially on the home games. It's going to make it a lot easier. You know, uh, my wife and I go to San Diego uh, anywhere from three to four or five times a year, so we plan on going to some of those games as well. And for those of you listening, uh, you know, if you're interested in joining us and writing about uh, the goals and the ducks, um, you know, you can just shoot us an email at uh, ducksandpucks at uh, usamail.com. Uh, I've already got three, three or four other people that are going to be joining us and, and covering the goals and hopefully the ducks as well. So there's an opportunity for that. Um, you can just, just send me that email and then I can give you some more details. I don't want to go over the long, drawn-out thing on, on this right now, but uh, we can talk about it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a good time, and it's definitely going to benefit the team, uh, having them a lot closer, Eddie, especially, uh, you know, on the West Coast and being only an hour and a half, give or take, with traffic uh, drive. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a lot easier for, you know, calling up guys like Edom and stuff next year. And, you know, if Nick Ritchie's there, Cordelius, other guys to call up, it's going to be a lot closer to home for the Ducks. So it'll be a... It'll be easier for sure, and um, obviously the we gotta pick the three stars for for the week coming, and I think an obvious pick for for his first star is Perry. He obviously is named the NHL second star for the week, so for that's a, an obvious pick. Uh, who who would you pick for the you know the next two? Who's had a, a solid week in your opinion? You know the the next two that I would go with, uh, even though he's been out some of the games, I would go with uh, Getzloff. You know he's had two goals and two assists in the uh, the big two hundredth. Uh, career goal as a duck as well so i would put him in there as one of them and then i would also go with uh silverberg uh you know he had that big game in nashville with uh two goals and he's also um, he added a couple assists in his last couple games and uh as we saw in washington he's still uh rolling on the shootouts um you know just killing it and 
he's picked it up, and I hope that he keeps uh, you know the secondary scoring uh, going, Eddie. Yeah, definitely. It, he's a guy that we hope to have. You know, to, I believe at the beginning of the season we hoped to have him to have around twenty and even possibly with his release and you know his great shot and his speed was on a line with Kessler. We were hoping he would reach close to thirty. Uh, hasn't been the story this season, but I, I still believe he's a guy that can get up into those twenty, twenty-five goals. Um, and, and you know, hopefully he'll. This will spark you know uh, a good the good rest of the season for him. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just, uh, you know, if you haven't seen it out there, too, we've got our shirts that we've been working on. And we came up with another one, um, the Silver Bullet uh, shirt that we released. We've got it in uh, orange and black. So it's also uh, up on the website on dnphockey.com. So that one has just come out. And then we also um, have a discount going right now for the uh, Perry shirt uh, with him being named the second star. Uh, we have a 20% discount uh, if you go on the website and you go to the checkout. Just uh, put in the uh, checkout code uh, SCORINGPERRY and uh, you know you can get a, a big sizable discount on that. That'll only run for the next day or two. Um, and you know, just the last uh, little bit here is uh, you know I went by the uh, Honda Center uh, a week ago on Monday and to pick up some stuff really quick during my lunch break, and I actually ran into some of the players, Eddie, and was fortunate to get some photos and I know some, some people ask me and I'll, I'll throw this out there, but, uh, usually what happens is, uh, the ducks practice at home the uh, day before the, uh, the home games. And that's when fans can go park in the, the parking lot and wait, and wait for the players. Uh, there's no real set time. Um, but it, it's usually late morning to lunchtime. Um, I got fortunate they were coming out right then, so I ended up getting a few photos. But uh, you know, that's the first time I ever did that. I was actually going to the team store to buy some Solani stuff, of all things. Yeah, and it, um, I, I know they do that here too, and obviously a little bit easier to do. Um, you know, it's kind of more laid back there. I've uh, been to uh, the Leafs a couple times with, with some of our friends who are, who are Leafs fans, and, and most of the Leafs players just kind of blow by and. Um, and that, that's nothing to say for that. Maybe it was just a bad day for, for that we were out there. But, you know, it, it's nice to see the players come out and sign autographs for, for the fans. And, you know, you, you got lucky and got someone. You weren't even there for that. And you went out and you ended up getting a couple pictures, uh, which is uh, good to see from the from the players. Oh, yeah. And they're, and they're for the most part, you know, I would say nine out of ten of them are super friendly. You know, one or two came out on their cell phones and were kind of doing their own thing. But you can pretty much ask them politely for a photo or an autograph, and they're more than happy to do so. Um, yeah, and just the last part here, uh, make sure you follow the blog and the podcast. We're giving away uh, Ducks tickets to the uh, Ducks-Oilers game and the Ducks-Stars game, which is uh, that one's the fan appreciation night. Uh, if you follow the blog or the podcast, um, you'll be entered uh, one time to win. If you follow both, then you have two chances to win. So just make sure you get on that, and uh, we'll announce the winners uh, towards the end of March. And thanks for following us, and we'll be back next week. The Anaheim Ducks are-